Broadcasting live to the world now, it's Sheila Zelensky. This is a very sinister Luciferian eugenics plan. These spineless weasels preach what people want to hear. They replace repentance with dreams of the good life. Dying daily, taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. Sheila Zelensky. Hi, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning into the Sheila Zelensky Show. I hope that you are subscribed to our e-newsletter. I also hope that you are subscribed to our new YouTube channel. Yeah, we're trying a third channel. If you can believe that, all the information is linked there in the description below. But make sure that you are subscribed to my main podcast at Podomatic. Will we last on YouTube? I'm trying to be very careful, folks. So let's see how that works out. But as a backup, please make sure that you are following me on Rumble and Podcast. Well, I want to jump right into the program. I'm really excited. This is going to be one for the record books. Trust me. My guest today, you keep asking for me to have him back on the program. And of course, everybody loves my Uncle Wally Patterson because he just tells it like it is, folks. And in a day when truth is a tough medicine to swallow, a lot of people are waking up. And of course, he's been instrumental in that. I've had a lot of people request him back on the show. Uncle Wally, thank you for coming back. I've had so many people, when are you having Wally back on? So thank you for coming back on the program. Well, thanks, Sheila. Thanks for having me. Well, listen, there's so much to get into. I mean, between the Great Reset, the Build Back, Bankrupt, Electric Cars, Bird Chopping, Windmills, Solar, Social Credit Scores, Eating Bugs, Lockdowns, Gas and Food Prices Soaring, and yet other things are dropping like the Hindenburg, like Bitcoin and gold prices, and it's a very volatile economy And it's a crazy world right now. I just had somebody send me a picture on some iceberg lettuce at $12 for a head of lettuce. All our groceries are skyrocketing. And gas, well, right now, let me tell you something. In Trudeau's clown world, trust me, I know this. Gas and diesel are over $9 a gallon. Lunacy is the order of the day because the New World Order cabal is out in full force playing their hand. And boy, oh boy, can you see it everywhere right now. If this stuff isn't waking people up and we're going to get into all of it. So Wally, where I want to jump in, (laughs) uh, everybody around the globe, of course, saw Joe Biden fall on his bike this last few days. Of course, uh, we saw last year we tripped up the going up the ramp for the airline. I mean, this guy is a bumbling buffoon and now he's got he fell on his bike and did you see he's got a new climate czar oh my goodness yeah i seen her yeah yeah i seen that on her and did you see she urges big tech to censor the climate debate yeah i know that i put that on there yeah they got us all censored yeah you don't you don't want to debate i can tell her who's paying all these climate alarmists that's big oil Big oil pays climate alarmists. Yeah, so where I want to jump in here, I mean, electric cars, I mean, that's all we're hearing about is these little disgusting, greeny, satanic electric cars. And of course, you and I were talking about this Chevy Volt. We're going to play that video for people. Biden is pushing this. Trudeau is pushing it. These Agenda 21, 2030 talking heads, these bobbleheads are just pushing the EVs, these plug-in stations are everywhere. Where do they think that electricity comes to charge these cars? Yeah, I wonder that maybe they should start thinking just a little bit. 
comes from coal, diesel, oil, gas. Well, the welfare queens, without government subsidies, there would be no electric cars. You think those electric cars are going to run in the oil and gas cold, like in Canada, up in your neck of the woods, a peace country, northern BC, Alberta? They're not going to put up with those cars. No, we're not putting up with them welfare queens for one bit. They don't want to bring, even try and bring that around here. What for government subsidies, these welfare queens, there wouldn't be any electric cars. But now, like even Steve Malloy, you could see that he's clearly saying like these things are the biggest scam going besides these bird chopping, disgusting windmills that are just killing off really beautiful birds of prey. I mean, this is really crazy, isn't it? Yeah, but like he says in his book, this was this was all planned. Like I got his book, Green Hell. This was all planned. Like he says, he goes back 17, 18 years. They would, this was all planned. You won't find one at the United Nations. I have that video on there, too. The, the climate alarmists at the United Nations just love their fossil fuels. But you're never going to hear that on the fake news anywhere. But how we get by this shit is we go right to the United Nations to show people. We yeah. bypass all the talking heads on on TV or on Facebook or on Google or on Twitter. We bypass them all. We go right to the United Nations. They drive their BMWs. They got their SUVs and other other vehicles. Like they drive their limousines. Read that part that uh, we were talking about earlier off air. Steve Malloy, this is Book Green Hill. The carbon footprint has been a clever gimmick for installing green guilt about using how much energy you use. And he gets on to Obama. Obama warned that we can't drive our SUVs and eat as much as we want and keep our homes at 72 degrees at all times. Obama warned we can't drive our SUVs and eat as much as we want and keep our homes at 72 degrees at all times. Steve Molloy, Green Hell. He talks about his book, Green Hell, on that. He's on there with Laura Ingram. Green Hell, that could really be the title of a, of a documentary. I wrote Green Gospel, Mark wrote Green Fraud, but Green Hell, that is one good <laughs> name. You mentioned the Laura Ingram. Do you want me to play that clip? Yeah, I'll play it. Okay, let's take a listen. Now it's Steve Malloy, former Trump EPA transition team member, founder of JunkScience.com. Steve, react to the angle because look, they do wrap this up in this very laudable goal of reducing traffic fatalities, which I think everyone would like to see a reduction in traffic fatalities. But they use that statistic from 2021 comparing to 2020 when we had major lockdowns and shutdowns across the country. How valid is that? Well, Laura, you did a, a great job in the angle. You tied it all together beautifully. You know, they've hated the car for a long time. I wrote about this 13 years ago in my book, Green Hell. They're trying to figure out how to get us out of cars. They've tried climate. It's not working so well. People don't really want to buy EVs. Uh, I guess now they're going to try traffic fatalities. It doesn't make any sense. You're right. Their use of statistics is dishonest. That's nothing new. You know, people are going to be surprised when they start going back downtown to work. They're going to find that it's going to be a lot more inconvenient for cars because while we've been away during the pandemic, uh, local governments have been making it more difficult to drive your car, park your car. Speed limits have been reduced. Parking areas have been reduced. Uh, gasoline prices are up. You know, the government and the Biden administration especially is doing everything it can to make it more difficult to drive. Why they want to do that? They don't like cars. They don't like what cars enable, which is, uh, as you mentioned, living in, in the suburbs. But also, isn't this partly a control thing, as it was with COVID. They didn't really care about the virus when the border was open and, you know, millions of yeah. people were crossing the border without really being tested or any control. So that, that whole thing was a joke from the beginning. But same with this, correct? You can't just jump in an electric vehicle, at least not right now, and travel, you know, 500 miles quickly. 
or a yeah, thousand look, the, miles quickly. Yeah, the internal combustion engine has given Americans more freedom, or given the whole world more freedom. You can fill up your car in five minutes and drive 400 miles in any direction. You can't do that with an EV. We should be the oil and gas and coal superpower. We have all the energy in the world, but they want us to become dependent on China. This whole green agenda, the more it passes, the more mandates we get for wind and solar and EVs, all it does is make us more dependent on communist China, who is our geopolitical enemy. All the materials, most of the vast majority of the materials for green tech comes from China. And there's none of these bills or regulations that have been passed. You know, these materials really should come from America if we're going to be requiring them, not from communist China. Otherwise, we're just, it's, we're dependent on China. I have to get to this, uh, Steve. This was also in the New York Times today, um, wanting Americans to ditch beef for a certain <laughs> insect. Well, yeah, earlier this year, they were, I think both the New York Times and Washington Post were advocating that people eat cicadas. And I think even on CNN, some one oh of the, God, their anchors did eat, it was, just, it was gross. Steve, they would love nothing more than to have a kill switch in the vehicles, the trucks, of the Freedom Convoy, right? They'd yeah. love to just to be able to turn them off and get them out of there. Then they wouldn't have to deal with the pesky people. Yeah, and now, you know, the government in the infrastructure package, there's a provision in there, the government, they want the government to work on kill switches so they can turn your car off when they want. You're right, it's, it's all about control, as is everything environmental. I've been working on environmental issues for 30 years. It's never been about the environment. It's about controlling people, what they do. That's right, Steve. It's all about control. I know another Steve, <laughs> Steve Quayle, who coined that years ago. It's all about control. It's in one of my intros from years ago on my show. Where I want to jump into, of course, talking about bugs. She said eating cicadas. We've been talking about this, Wally, for over a decade. Cory Booker, all these guys that were saying, hey, we should start eating bugs. And of course, all these plant-based impossible burgers and all this nightmare. All these chemicals that are now discovered and all this. I mean, you couldn't pay me to eat one of these impossible burgers. Yeah, it's impossible to be a Whopper. That's what they should have called it. Like, look at Arnie going through In-N-Out, and he's not going for the Beyond Meat Burger, let me tell you something. They go to these climate meetings, they're all lined up at Burger King. The hypocrisy knows no bounds, Wally. Like, look at even, um, which climate meeting was it when uh, they had all, like, they had something like 100 electric vehicle chargers, and I think there was two electric cars in a parking lot of 100 and something plus chargers. I mean, what a bunch of hypocrites. Which one was that? That was COP26, I believe. They were charging them up with diesel power generators. All oh, these climate alarmists love their fossil fuels at the United Nations. Without government subsidies, there would be none of this garbage. Oh, I'm glad you brought up subsidies. That's a good segue for a clip I wanted to play. Let's listen to Sheila Gunn-Reed at Rebel. Speaking of subsidies and electric vehicles, let's take a listen. Ontario's progressive conservative Premier Doug Ford ended the subsidies the prior Liberal government was giving to electric car purchasers. Doug Ford also ended the subsidies the government was giving to big corporations and organizations that were then installing electric vehicle chargers. The program offers drivers between $5,000 to $14,000 to buy new environmentally friendly vehicles from a range of auto manufacturers well, from Ford queen. to GM to Tesla. Although the government has capped the vehicle purchase price at $75,000 after realizing the program meant taxpayers were subsidizing the purchase of some 
electric supercars like a $1.1 million Porsche. Why on earth were beleaguered Ontario taxpayers subsidizing the novelty cars of wealthy people, just 3% of car buyers, helping them satiate their first world guilt by driving a car that just screams, look at me everybody, I care about Mother Nature, now please ignore my transcontinental flights. And the industry? Well, they predicted a plunge in EV sales. David Adams, president of the Global Automakers of Canada Industry Association, said experience elsewhere shows that sales of electric vehicles take a hit when subsidies are removed, such as when British Columbia stopped and then restarted its program. When they cancelled it, sales went down dramatically. And then when they reinstated it, sales went back up again. That is the same pattern that we've seen in other jurisdictions internationally, he said. Customers generally look for some kind of assistance in overcoming the extra cost of electric vehicles. So instead of working on making the tech in electric cars cheaper for the consumer, the manufacturers, without, I guess, any shame whatsoever, kept making expensive electric vehicles because they knew people would be getting taxpayer-funded help to buy them, all while Ontarians struggle to pay their power bill. These cars are just expensive virtue signaling for the automakers too, not just for the buyers. The automakers are willing to lose money for their shareholders just to look greener than the next company. In the first six months of this year, sales in Ontario were down more than 55% from Electric Mobility Canada. In the second quarter of this year, 2,933 electric vehicles were sold in the province, down from 7,110 in the same period last year. And yet the activists, well, they want more publicly funded, government-built EV chargers to help rich people fuel their expensive toys. Okay, I'll cut it off there. But what she's saying is so true. These are a bunch of virtual signaling, tree-hugging little trendy preppies running around in their little smart cars, and yet they are trying to get rid of fossil fuels. I mean, there's so much hypocrisy, lunacy, insanity. They know really nothing about any of this these little tree hugging trendies know really nothing about this and speaking of which i really wanted to play this clip for you wally he's a great friend of the program he's our friend mark morano on fox and friends i think this really clinches it let's take a listen welcome back to fox and friends as the left urges americans to buy electric cars how reliable and green are they really? Well, let's break it down. It costs on average more than $62,000 to buy an electric car. 27% of its electricity source is powered by coal and natural gas accounts for 35%. The battery component of an electric car is 74% more carbon dioxide than a conventional German car. And those batteries use raw materials from, you guessed it, China. Mark Morano is a publisher from Climate Depot and he joins us now to react. Mark, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I'm so confused because the Biden administration for the last couple of weeks when they've been confronted with the high price of gasoline, uh, they keep just saying, we'll just buy an electric car. It, it, but it's not even that green. 
No, they're not. What Pete Buttigieg and what President Biden forget to mention is that, first of all, 80% of plus of global energy production is from fossil fuels. And in the United States, it's 80 plus percent. So when you go and plug in your electric car and you pat yourself on the back for being nice and green, you're powering that battery. You're recharging that battery with fossil fuels. That's the first thing. That doesn't even bring in to how they put the batteries together, all the rare earth mining, giving China the world, essentially the world monopoly on this. They're buying up Africa. They're going in places like Congo, where 70% of the world's cobalt are. They're using underage labor. They're using Uyghur slaves in China. They are the ones we have to turn to, making us more reliant to dig up the earth without our environmental standards. We're outsourcing our pollution to get cars that run and recharge on fossil fuels. It makes no environmental sense in that regard. So why is it that environmentalists or even this administration and, and the whole environmental activist, you know, lobby, why, why isn't this more, you know, more out there? Why don't more Americans know this? I mean, some of this stuff I just learned in preparing for this interview with you. I, I actually did think it was more green. I was concerned about the China battery part, but I didn't know that it wasn't green. I mean, why isn't that common knowledge? It's not coming on because there's a massive push from academia, from climate activists, from the administration. Here's the biggest problem. They're pushing this on us. They're not giving us the choice. The energy secretary under Obama wanted European-style gas prices. Our current energy secretary wants to keep gas in the ground. She said the world's a fire. She did a video. So what they're trying to do is keep gas prices high, give us no choice. They're putting corporate average fuel economy standards. And the gist of it is, ultimately, you have people like... Uh, Andrew Yang, who wanted to eliminate private car ownership of the internal combustion engine and instead offer roving fleets of electric cars. They're shorter range, you can't drive them, they're harder, you got to get infrastructure. It's ultimately a way to take away our mobility. International Energy Agency just had a report out saying we need to only travel, you can't travel on Sunday, odd even license plates. They like the crisis of high gas prices. That's what they're pushing here, and electric cars are perfect because it sort of keeps people a little bit more boxed in than the internal combustion engine. Yeah, um, and it's it's kind of evil that it's by design, and I just think that more people need to learn the things that you're putting out there in your organization. What's your website again? It's climatedepot.com, but in my book, Green Fraud, I extensively go into the, to the folly of electric cars. I even quote Michael Moore, the progressive filmmaker who did a film called Play of the Humans, and he's like, gee, when you plug in your car, I wonder where that energy is actually coming from. Even people like Michael Moore have woken up. Yeah. There you go. Michael, the bloated carcass more even has woken up. Wally. <laughs> what people don't understand is all under the guise of, oh, you're helping save the great goddess. The great, great goddess, Gaia, Mother Earth. Yeah, it all goes back to the goddess. As David Suzuki loves his goddess. He sure does. Yeah, I see him on Facebook and I've seen Greenpeace was on there too. You turn your TV off, you stay off Facebook, Google and Twitter, go right to the United Nations like we do. Then you know what's really going on. That Facebook needs to be shut down. Pushing all them bird choppers on her, them solar panels needs electric cars. That Facebook needs to be shut down. There's nothing but a bunch of communists on there. Like we said before, Sheila, the environmental movement is a socialist movement. We've already talked about that. Yes, we did talk about that extensively. 
in a show we did called Election Chaos when uh, Beijing Biden got in. And I'll link a couple of must-listen-to shows that Wally and I did before, and we really laid out that this Agenda 21, Agenda 2030 is simply straight up a mechanism to implement their new world order socialist great reset. And what is part of the great reset? A global carbon tax. We already have a carbon tax in Canada, Wally. A carbon tax should be not called a carbon tax, but here's what it should be called. It should be called a carbon dioxide tax. Carbon is all black and sooty. It's a solid, you see, Sheila. Carbon dioxide is a color of the solar disk. It's what we're breathing out right now. That's carbon dioxide. It's what we're ex- exhaling right now. Okay, if you hear carbon neutral, you can't do you can't do that because you're back to carbon again. That's all black and sooty or any of this carbon crap they talk about, and it's a solid. The fact that they're saying the word carbon neutral We can never be neutral on CO2 output anyway, and net zero is the same crap. Yeah, that's a suicidal net zero carbon emissions crap they're pushing, yeah. That's suicide, that's what that is. Suicidal net zero carbon emissions. And there's no such thing as carbon emissions, because carbon is a solid. If you look up emissions, you can go outside and you spit, that's emissions. That makes absolutely no sense. I mean, that's nothing but fairy tale crap. That, that, That has nothing to do with reality. Sheila, they can't use carbon neutral anyway, because carbon is a solid. I wish I'd have thought of that when I took Blair Lecturman when he said, when I phoned him out what the carbon tax is for, he said it was a tax. I said, a tax for what? He said it was a tax. I, I said, well, what's it for? It's a tax. And then, then when I told Mr. Lecturer, I said, you can't do that. You can't call it carbon, because carbon is all black and sooty. Like a diamond is carbon. Like a seashell, like seashells, their shells are made out of carbon. A chunk of coal is a carbon, Sheila. That's an excellent point, Wally, because carbon is a black solid. Carbon dioxide is what we exhale. It's the God-given necessary byproduct for human life. It's the gas of life. That's right. Carbon dioxide is plant food. And they like to call it carbon pollution. Carbon dioxide is not a pollutant. That is so unscientific, Sheila. You got just got to laugh at this stuff. They like to do that. Carbon pollution, they like to use that one too. Well, it's not. Carbon dioxide is not carbon pollution. And carbon dioxide is, is not a pollutant. The plants actually should sue the government because we need more carbon dioxide, which is plant food. But when you're driving an electric vehicle, you don't have to worry about a carbon tax, and that's the whole idea. The very thing that Obama got classified as a deadly poison at the EPA in 2007. Why do they want to demonize carbon dioxide? You are the carbon dioxide they want to get rid of. Essentially, folks, humans are bad for the planet, which ties into depopulation. But I want to show everyone this incredible clip of this dozy woman that's ahead of the Chevy Volt electric vehicle at Chevrolet. And boy, oh boy, talk about exposing yourself. <laughs> Let's watch this clip. I'm really grateful to be here today. And in fact, this is a chance for me to say thank you more formally. The, the Chevy Volt is upstairs. We'll be able to take a look at it. Thank you. have got about a thousand photos. Yeah. Is it plug? <laughs> <laughs> It's as simple as that. <laughs> the batteries are in the trunk? No, the battery in this particular design is a T-shape right down the center and across the back seat area. Because everybody thought we killed the electric vehicle. No, we didn't. It's alive and well. 
So what's charging the, the batteries right now? What where, where's what's the source of a? Well, electricity? here it's, it's coming from the building. I mean, are, is it? Um, what's our mix of power? Oh, actually, Lansing feeds the building. What's that? Lansing feeds power to the building. So I don't, I don't know. They're. Uh, I bet you they're a bit of coal. Oh, they're heavy on natural gas, aren't they? Uh, right now, the car is charging off of your grid. Right. It would be charging off our grid, which is ninety about ninety-five percent coal. I mean, they want to get rid of fossil fuels, and they just expose themselves for using what do they think they're run on? Exactly. Coal, diesel, oil. They got their little gas generators they charge. Like, you, you can pull up with your real SUV with a gas generator, and you can charge up somebody's little, used to sell a greenie car that you could actually plug that garbage in and wait for 24 hours, and you could actually go something like six miles. Their plan all along was about taking our freedom away. In the United States, they won't put up with this crap for one minute. Only 6% of California drives that, drives that garbage. Let's see, they got their little radical environmental groups. They got Greenpeace in there. They got the Sierra Club. They got the World Wildlife Fund. All these radical environmental groups go on Facebook. And I mean, you get them on Facebook, actually, is communist. I put that on there. They got Zuckerberg running that. Actually, Zuckerberg... That little uh, creep there, he helped put Biden in, too. Our little buddy Mark Zuckerberg taking all our stuff off Facebook. Like, every time we post something on Facebook, the little creep takes it off there. Oh, his fact-checkers, Wally. Fact-checkers, all right. Yeah. I can't stand that little creep. See, like, Facebook has uh, Friends of Science in Calgary censored. They got the Heartland Institute censored. They have them all, like, Facebook, Google, and Twitter, and your TV, they have them all censored, right? That's how that works. So what we do is we go right to the source. We go right to the United Nations so everybody can see for themselves what's really going on. Then we have our buddy Al Gore demands ubiquitous population control for the climate. Well, he's the high priest of the, the alarmist climate movement. That's uh, that's our buddy Al Gore. Oh, he's not my buddy. We'll have, to play that. we'll have to play that for everybody, too, one more time. So, folks, think about what he just said. This is a fact. Al Gore wants ubiquitous population control for the planet. And our good friend Alex actually attended one of Al Gore's things. Let's take a listen to Sheila Gunn-Reed interviewing our good friend Alex Newman. This is good. Something we've actually already touched on, just how anti-human the climate change movement is. Al Gore sees the climate change agenda as a vehicle towards population control. Now, they never ever say whose population is being controlled or by whom, but I'm willing to guess it's not Al Gore's. It's probably yours and mine. That's exactly right. It's so funny, the hypocrisy, too. Al Gore's got four children of his own. Ted Turner, another one of these big population control zealots. I actually got a chance to ask him a couple of questions down in Rio de Janeiro, where he was down there promoting population control. Turns out he's got five children, right? So it's always us who need to not have children and not consume resources and ride our bikes and all the rest of it. But there is, you know, a very, very sinister side to this movement. They couch it in, oh, we just need population control because there's pressure on the Earth's resources and things like this. But Al Gore gave some really interesting hints about his agenda. He he put up some graphs there. And I, I actually sat through his whole speech with, you know, in, in Poland, which was probably a waste of an hour, but it did it did produce an article for me. And people like to read about Al Gore because he's wrong so often. And of course, yeah. it snowed when he arrived, right? But he put up these graphs on there and he showed the population of China, which had leveled off. And he, he didn't explain how that was achieved. If he had gone a little further, he would have pointed out that this involves some of the most barbarous policies you can imagine, right? 
uh, in China, working with Planned Parenthood and with the UN Population Fund, and this has come out in congressional hearings in the United States, they have enforced a one-child policy for many decades. Now it's two children. It's just as brutal, but you're allowed to have two. And this involves forced abortions, right? If they find a pregnant woman who has already exceeded her quota of babies, right, so she already has one baby, they will literally strap the woman to a table and kill her baby on purpose. You know, they talk about we're pro-choice active. They're not pro-choice. They are pro-death activists. And this is the lengths they're willing to go to to suppress the human population. The UN has a whole agency, the UN Population Fund, that runs around. They put out a report a couple years ago about how there's too many Africans. How how are we going to get the Africans to stop having babies? Conservatives said something like that. You know, they'd be tarred and feathered by the next morning. And yet the UN does it with our tax money and no one complains. So Al Gore actually showed on his thing. Well, here's the population of Africans and it's still going up. Uh, And here's the Chinese. Look how great they did. A whole bunch of the UN climate people have praised communist China. Cristiana Figueres said China is doing it right on climate policies. And in Copenhagen, I was actually at the UN climate summit where the Chinese delegation said, hey, our one child policy has resulted in 300 million fewer births. If you add this much CO2 emissions per human, you can see that we've drastically reduced our CO2 emissions by cutting the population. And all I could think to myself was, yeah, how many forced abortions did you do to get those numbers? How many women did you terrorize? How many husbands did you beat up so you could kidnap their wives and kill their babies? This is absolutely sick, and I hope people will realize that these people are not your friend, and they will go to extreme lengths to uh, bring your life, your family, your freedom under their control. Alex is so right there, especially the Chinese part of this. You know, the fact that they want to implement one-child policies. It's like you've said, Wally, China is the goal of the new world order. Beijing, Biden loves China. Look at Trudeau said about he loves China. China as a basic dictatorship. I mean, that's a fact. Environmentalists praised communist China. So remember that. It's like on Facebook, they're always talking about China on there. China this, China that. I said, Facebook sure loves communist China. You wouldn't wouldn't dare do a climate protest (laughs) in communist China. Actually, I have that on my website. Communist China just laughing at us. Actually, we have that video, too. I have that video on my website where Klaus Schwab talks about Justin Trudeau being his puppet. I have, I have that on my, my Facebook, too. I put that on. You can actually watch that video, too. We should actually play that for everybody. Klaus Schwab. Yeah, old James Bond villain Klaus Schwab says he controls a lot of global leaders, including Justin Trudeau. That is a pretty big admission. In fact, let's, let's play that for the people. Actually, this uh, notion to integrate young leaders... When I mention our names, like Mrs. Merkel, um, even uh, Vladimir Putin, and so on, they all have been young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. But what we are very proud of now is the young generation, like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, that we penetrate the cabinets. So yesterday I was at a, rece- at a reception for Trudeau, and I know that uh, Argentina and so on, what is important for me is those young global leaders have an opportunity to come here. And we have established uh, a course uh, now since several years. And I think it has this cooperation has a tremendous impact because um, we, in addition to the young global leaders, we have now the global shapers in uh, 450 cities around the world. There, you just heard him say, he admitted it. They're controlling these global leaders in 450 countries around the world. And he talked about Trudeau there. He controls Trudeau. He controls them, right? 100%. He controls him and his captain, just like he said. 
He controlled Justin Castro. Well, tell a little bit about who trained Klaus Schwab. Who was his mentor? Henry Kissinger. Henry Kissinger was Klaus Schwab's mentor. Good old Henry Kissinger. That's memorandum, what was that, 200? In fact, I want to read you something about our little buddy uh, Bill Gates and a few. I've known this for years, Sheila. I'll read this to you. On May 24, 2009, the Times of London reported a secret meeting of world-leading billionaires had struck a plan for curtailing world population entitled Billionaires Club Curb Overpopulation. It is told that this gathering in Manhattan that included some of the richest titans, Bill Gates, George Soros, Ted Turner, Oprah Winfrey, David Rockefeller, Warren Buffett, and Michael Bloomberg. There's a who's who of the globalist demons. Yeah, I remember this from years ago. May 24, 2009. It goes right back to the Bilderberg Group. The Bilderberg Group admits they want uh, world population control. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned the Bilderberg Group because guess what just happened and nobody's talking about it except our friend Dan Dix. Bilderberg 2022, anyone? Let's take a listen. The Bilderberg Group is back in session. That's right. They are currently meeting right now as I speak in Washington, D.C. Now, just in case you're not familiar with who the Bilderberg Group is and what this is all about, I'll very quickly and briefly break it down for you. This is a group of people, very powerful and influential people, who meet every single year. They've been doing so since 1954 when they first met in the Netherlands at the Bilderberg Hotel. That's where they get their name. This is a about 120 people or so on average. It varies from year to year, but about 120 people meet in secret. And as I said, these are some of the most powerful and influential people in the world. We're talking about prime ministers and presidents, princes and queens, and heads of finance and military men and media moguls. Very, very powerful and influential people who meet behind closed doors very, very secretively discussing um, how they're going to rule the world, essentially. I mean, I've been documenting this since 2006. Today, I just did a search on my um, YouTube channel. I type in the word Bilderberg for videos that have the title Bilderberg in my channel. And look at this. There's 108 of them. I've been covering this since 2006. I've been pretty much to every Bilderberg consecutively since 2012. I made a whole documentary film, The Turning Point. If you haven't seen this film, guys, or if you're new to PFT and you haven't seen all my past coverage on Bilderberg, I would strongly encourage you to go back and look at all the coverage I've done uh, over the years on this group. But today's video in particular, guys, is about today's meeting. So let's get into it. This is the um, official press release. They've named all of the uh, Topics that are going to be discussed. This is the agenda. We're also going to look at the participants list, which is also being released with notable names. Uh, you got people like the Pfizer CEO is there, uh, Henry Kissinger. You got the former CIA head. You got the former CEO head of uh, Google. You got the director of current director of the CIA is there, and Canada's own Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland is there as well, ladies and gentlemen, who I recently discovered over a decade ago wrote this paper, The Rise of the New Global Elite. In this, she actually mentions the Bilderberg Group. She ended up putting out a book called Plutocrats, The Rise of the New Global Super Rich and the Fall of Everyone Else. Is Christia Freeland Bilderberg's pick for the next Prime Minister of Canada? Wow, that's a scary question. Is she? Is Christia Freeland the New World Order female puppet? She's like Angela Merkel on steroids, this Bilderberg puppet. 
by the way, I'll link Dan Dick's full video below there in the description. But I mean, Wally, that's a pretty frightening. I mean, we thought Trudeau was bad. I mean, that is spooky. Yeah, actually, yeah. Her father was actually a Nazi. I have that video on my Facebook, too. Oh, really? Oh, yes. She... Yeah, she's hooked up with George Soros, and her father was actually a Nazi. I've known about her for a few years. I've known all about her. and uh, yeah, They go go to Bilderberg and become prime ministers. They become presidents. They become prime ministers. They're all puppets. It's amazing to me how these people are all tied to Nazis and their family line. And speaking of weirdos, what do you think of this Pierre Polivo? Because I know Canada seems to really love this dude. I wouldn't trust him as far as I could throw him. I see he's got his buddy Bill Gates on a nice picture yeah. of him and his buddy Bill Gates up there. Yeah, I'll put that up on the screen for the folks I saw that. You know, it's interesting. My buddy Mark Friesen, the grizzly patriot from Saskatchewan, confronted him at a meeting and asked him about what his comments were, United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, Build Back Better, Agenda 21, 2030. And guess what? He didn't know nothing about it. Right. He's lying through his teeth. He knows all about it. Just like when he went to the climate cult meeting. Remember, Bob Zimmer didn't know anything about it either. Bob Zimmer voted for Agenda 21, Agenda 2030. So maybe somebody should ask Bob Zimmer about Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, and Stephen Harper, and all the rest of them. Andrew Shear and all the rest of these puppets. Just ask Mr. Bob Zimmer. We'll ask about Agenda 21, Agenda 2030. The CPC should be called the Communist Party of Canada. The Conservative Party of Canada should be called the Communist Party of Canada. I tell Bob Zimmer that all the time. I said, you, you're, you tell me you're not a communist? Joe Biden's a communist. The United Nations is communist. We have that video. I can, I can send it to you. You can watch it yourself. All these guys you're talking about, they were all pushing the jab. In fact, Bob Zimmer on his Twitter, he was pushing Bill Gates' eugenics jab on his Twitter. Yeah, I wonder where he gets that from. In fact, I told Bob Zimmer, I, I phoned his little what's-her-name on there, and I told her, I said, we're not taking Bill Gates' vaccines. I don't know if she gave him the message or not, but I, we talked about that two years ago, with Sheila. said, nobody in our family's taking Bill Gates' vaccines. I was just vibrating. I was wild, too, but I kept calm. I told her. I said, tell Bob Zimmer we're not taking Bill Gates' vaccines. I see a uh, fine premier from B.C. Oregon brought up Bill Gates again. Dawes Creek brought a Bill Gates' population control freak to our rally. And I was down there listening. He said, I'm with the Gates Foundation. So Dawson Creek brought him up. Oregon sent him up. He said, I'm with the Gates Foundation, he said. Everybody stood there. I was just thinking, oh, would I like to get a piece of you, you eugenicist? I think there's too many people. I think there's too many of you. I got an idea. Why don't we start with Bill Gates? He can go first. And then Ted Turner, Henry Kissinger can go next. And you can line them all up. By the way, your pal there, I want to kill everybody, Bill Gates. Mister, I want to dim the sun with geoengineering and buy up all the farmland. And I want to screw up your DNA and put a digital ID chip in you. Yeah, that same Bill Gates just wrote a book on climate change. Isn't that laughable? Yeah, I know. I was going to get it for you, Sheila. Yeah, I'll pass on that read. <laughs> Remember, he said we get to go net zero? When it comes to Bill Gates, Wally, this is what I don't understand. Who assigned this guy to play God? Well, I don't know why anybody put up with that eugenicist for, for one minute. I'm so sick of listening to, about Bill Gates, I can't stand it anymore, Sheila. Remember, we took him apart two years ago. Bill Gates has attended every Bilderberg group meeting for, since 2010. That, that eugenicist wife he's got, Mister, she thinks there's too many people on the planet. Well, I think there's too many of her. She actually been she's actually been going longer than that. Melinda Gates. Oh, here's a cute one, Sheila. Bill Gates is trying to call us conspiracy theorists. Bill Gates is calling us conspiracy theorists. Yeah, right. Can you imagine that, Mister? I think there's too many people on the planet calling us conspiracy theorists. Well, I think I've had just about enough of this creep. I want to know why he's not in jail. We got this billionaires club, Sheila. 
Bill Gates, George Soros, Ted Turner, Oprah Winfrey, David Rockefeller, Warren Buffett, Michael Bloomberg. Why aren't they in jail? Ted figures there's, we should, there should only be uh, 350,000 to 500,000 people in the world. Our buddy, Ted Turner. This is actually my favorite clip because I, I can't not laugh when I'm listening to this. Let's take a listen to billionaire globalist demon Ted Turner. Yeah, the guy that founded Clown News Network, CNN. Let's take a listen. Not doing it will be catastrophic. We'll have eight degrees, we'll be eight degrees hotter in 10, not 10, but in 30 or 40 years. And basically none of the crops will grow. Most of the people will have died and the rest of us will be cannibals. Civilization will have broken down. Few people are left will be living in a, in, in a failed state like Somalia or Sudan and living conditions will be intolerable. The droughts will be so bad there'll be no more corn growing. So we've got to stop doing the two suicidal things. We've got to stabilize the population. When I was born, no, there were So what's two, wrong with the population? I mean, with too many people. That's why we have global warming. We have global warming because too many people are using too much stuff. But if there were less people, they'd be using less stuff. Well, there you go. Less people are using less stuff. So according to these guys, the way they think, they want a nice little manageable population. They've said on record 500,000 to 1 billion maximum. Well, here's my question then, Wally. Uh, What happens to the other 6 billion people? Yeah, maybe maybe somebody should start, start asking them questions. I said, I said, nobody in our family taking Bill Gates poison jobs. You take the first job that, that kills 30% of your immune system. You take the second job that just about destroys your whole immune system. You take the last job and you have no immune system left. That's exactly how that works. That's why everybody should be taking ivermectin. Like we took this apart two years ago, Sheila, remember on our video? Yeah, and what else did we show? We were one of the only ones playing that video when Bill Gates said, if we do a really good job through vaccines, we can lower the population. I mean, I talk about that in Green Gospel. That came out in 2014, 15. Nobody batted an eye over that. There's a Mr. Population Control freak Bill Gates. Population is going up to 9 billion. We do a real real great job on new vaccines, healthcare, and reproduction. We can lower it by 10 or 15%. That little quote, they're not called vaccines. Like all these young athletes that are dying. And not just young athletes. Look at Justin Bieber, Haley Bieber. Look at this paralysis, strokes, dropping dead of a heart attack. I mean, this litany of problems. This is a science fiction. And we're not, like you said, we're not taking that Bill Gates vaccine. It's funny when it comes to Bill Gates and ID2020, having an ID in your arm, can you spell Auschwitz maybe? Yes, it goes back to the Nazis. Yeah, History has a, has a attempt to repeat itself. Yeah, it sure does. Boy, oh boy. Well, listen, I really want to get into this clip now. This is the amazing Tom Harris and why this is so important. This conversation, people really need to pay attention. This is the case against wind and solar. And I think people will be very surprised. It's a little longer, but the information is incredible. Sheila Gunn-Reed, again, a wonderful gal at uh, Rebel, really like her. She's interviewing the amazing Tom Harris, expert on wind and solar. I think you'll be, uh, I think you'll be surprised. Let's take a listen. I'm here in Madrid, Spain, of course, covering the United Nations Climate Change Conference. And because we're not allowed inside the conference, I sort of have to find the news on the outside. And I ran into a fellow Canadian denier, Tom Harris, who has recently given a speech at an event hosted by the Heartland Institute. That's right. Which I think is great. You guys held sort of like an anti-UN climate change conference. A counter-conference, a conference of realists. 
climaterealityforum.com and you can see the presentations and perhaps the most interesting was a 19-year-old, Naomi Saib, who actually explained how she moved from being a climate alarmist to being a climate realist. And William Happer, a PhD professor emeritus from Princeton University, one of Trump's top science advisors, also spoke and he talked about the fact that carbon dioxide is not dangerous. I mean, it's plant food. I spoke about the dangers and problems of renewable energy and in particular wind and solar power. I mean, everybody talks about these as if they're somehow holy. But in fact, if you actually look at them closely, winter turbines in Spain, there's 18,000 of these huge turbines, they're killing between 200, about 200 birds per turbine per year and 400 bats per turbine per year. So if you do the math, they say it works out to somewhere and they're, you know, it's very approximate because they haven't analyzed the whole country, but six to 18, I believe it is, million birds and bats are killed every year. Just in Spain. Just in Spain. And, you know, it is pretty tragic because there's twice as many bats being killed than birds. And the reason is a bird has to be hit by the blades. And these huge turbines, I mean, the tip speed is something like 400 miles an hour. I mean, they're really going. Birds can't get out of the way. If they even fly behind the blade in the low pressure zone, what they find is that their lungs burst. So if you're a real conservationist, you should hate wind turbines. It's interesting because the presentation at Carleton University just a few months ago from Dr. Elizabeth Anderson was looking at the real costs, the environmental costs of wind and solar power. And it was pretty obvious that the huge amount of toxic waste that's produced in China when you, for example, mine the rare earths that go into the super magnets on the, for the wind turbines, it makes them among the most polluting energy sources on the planet. China is now the world's leader in solar power production, you know, the actual making of these things that they sell all over the world, and the toxic waste is just incredible. So the whole idea that we're having benign, environmentally friendly wind and solar is crazy and that doesn't even look at the the realism of actually generating power if you have a five megawatt wind turbine what fraction of that are you getting on average at peak power when we need it the most and it's quite funny to see the graphs in fact i presented it in the heartland conference they forecast for the next 18 months that the most that we're going to get out of wind power is something in the neighborhood of 37 percent of their capacity and that would be in the winter and it drops down in the summer so Solar, though, is the exact opposite. You get most of your solar power in the summer. Still, it's only around 13% of its supposed capacity. And in the winter, it's zero. That's what they forecast, okay? And this is the government crown corporation. But think about it. You have fields full of solar panels covered with snow. I mean, how much power are you going to get? <laughs> well, and there's no daylight in the winter yeah, in, exactly. in Canada, in vast tracts. Yeah, and in fact, it's interesting. Uh, Steve Gorham, who's the head of the Climate Science Coalition of America, who we work with quite often, he took a study that was done uh, looking at how much energy do you get out of solar power in Germany and Switzerland in comparison with how much they actually, uh, you know, how much energy does it take to make them and to maintain them and eventually dispose of them. And the conclusion from that study was that they actually use more energy than they ever produce in their entire lifetime. So Canada for wind and solar power, or solar power, I should say, is what they call N-O-N-E, which is negative on net energy. In other words, if you put up solar power in Canada, well, it's fine if you're off the grid and you sure. need power and you're prepared to pay 10 times what it 
normally costs. But you never get back the energy that it takes to make them, maintain them, and dispose of them. So Canada is a, is a net none for solar power. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. I'll give you another really interesting example. Take the California Solar Ranch, 100 miles north uh, northwest of Los Angeles. It is about 100 times bigger than a mid-sized gas plant, and it produces one-tenth the output. <laughs> and it's toxic. Yeah, that's right. They, what are they going to do with all the, all the waste? I mean, right now, the Chinese manufacturers are just throwing it into the river, into the atmosphere. They don't care because it allows them to make them very cheap. But indeed, they're highly um, destructive to the environment. So it's basically is four things. Destructive to the environment, very intermittent. The capacity factor is very low. To give you an example, nuclear is nearly 100%. It gives almost all the power it's supposed to. And natural gas, coal, oil, those are all you know, pretty solid, dependable, high capacity factor energy sources. The London Array okay, is the largest offshore wind turbine farm in the world. And I don't like the word farm because it sounds sort of benign. And the interesting thing is they're finding that whales are affected in the local vicinity because their sonar gets all confused. You know, and they're saying it can lead them to actually beach and die. St. Andrews in Scotland was where they were doing that research saying that in fact, the problem to whales could be very, very significant. You think about it, 100 square kilometers of 60-story wind turbines? You know, it's going to generate a lot of the low-frequency sound, the infrasound, that really hurts people that live near these. You know, a friend of mine, Shelley Correa, you might know her, mm -hmm. she lives in West Lincoln, Ontario. They put up a 62-story turbine, 600-plus feet, 500 meters from her house. Now, those things produce infrasound, low-frequency sound that goes right through the wall and can drive you crazy. And if nothing else, your property value goes down yeah. low. So you got, they're intermittent, they're diffuse, they're environmentally damaging, and oh, the last one, expensive. And it's interesting because one of the top leaders in the Scottish power industry, he said that for two gigawatts of wind power, you need about one and a half gigawatts of backup. <laughs> that has to be added, you know, billion dollar backup gas plants. In fact, Robert Kennedy Jr., environmental lawyer, he says that when you're building wind power, you're really building natural gas stations. I mean, you have to because you gotta have something to fill in the gap. And you also factor in billions in subsidies. I mean, it is literally billions of dollars. So when you add on all those factors, massive cost, you know, and all the other things, it's just dumb to go to wind and solar, and it's not environmentally friendly anyways. But regardless, spending all your money on what might happen someday according to computer models that don't work, like, that's just ridiculous. And as a social justice issue, letting people suffer today because of some theoretical thing that might someday happen, Man, we got to tell people about this, you know, because it's huge. There, it is huge. He's right. We do have to warn people about this. It's the Stasi-level censorship, though, makes it really challenging because we're deniers. Like, that's pretty incredible information. What a scam. Yeah, it all goes back to these uh, government subsidies. All goes back to government sub subsidies, all the welfare cleans these things. Without government subsidies, there would be none of this green crap. Like, we're not buying into the climate scare. Everybody else in the country is. Now, I've never bought into the climate scare because I, I started this in 2007. When we first started, we had no solar panels. We had none of these stupid bird shopping windmills. We had none of these stupid electric cars. We never had any poison light bulbs. We never had any of this crap. It just goes to show you how slow people are. People won't say nothing. I've been on, I've been on this since 2007, and I'm not going to stop.
But the only way we can do it is she goes, show them these videos from the United Nations. Like this video was right from the United Nations. It's like she said they wouldn't let her in there. Us deniers, us climate criminals, we the deniers, they won't let us in anywhere. Like in California, their old Botox Pelosi's group, they kicked me out of that cult meeting, the climate cult meeting there in California. So yeah, I hear you're a much a climate denier like you hanging around in California. I have a good one for you here, Sheila. In fact, I'm going to read it to you. Okay. Just I was thinking about you, a climate denier like you hanging around in California. California Governor Jerry Brown blames climate deniers for California wildfires. <laughs> so we're responsible for the wildfires. Wow. Climate deniers like us for California wildfires. Really? Did you climate deniers put 25 million people in Southern California where there is no water? Yeah, and then they shut yeah. shut off their rivers there because of that little minnow fish in California there. Our favorite climate alarmist, Michael Mann, called Mark Morano a climate denier. He's the king of calling people climate deniers. Our buddy, Michael Mann. Oh, that little satanic creep, Michael Mann. Hockey stick climate modeler scammer himself. I saw that actually on your Facebook post. They were saying we had 10 years left and they believe that they're pushing that on Facebook. They're pushing these bar choppers on these solar panels, and these electric cars on there. And so it's time people heard the other side of the story. Well, let's end on that because you're right, Wally. And I'll make sure that I link Wally's Facebook is also linked in the description. You can find him over there on Facebook. Reach out to him on Messenger and let him know that you heard him on the program. Final thoughts for the listeners to think about. When we were younger, we used to joke, one day they'll tax you every breathe. And that's exactly what they were doing. I put on Facebook, our gas price should be $2 a gallon, Sheila. Okay, well, I want you to run for the BC Premier then, if you're going to make gas prices $2. Wally, it's always a pleasure having you on the program. We laid out some good information for the folks today, and I really hope you come back. As more of a regular guest, I get so many requests for you, so come back and see us real soon again. Well, thanks for having me. It was fun. I'm looking forward to coming back on. Thanks, Wally. Folks, that was my Uncle Wally, the one, if you don't know, who woke me up in 2007 when I was still working for the death cult over there at Environment. I had been at the BC Oil and Gas Commission. Then I got headhunted to Alberta Environment. Well, look at Alberta. Look at all the gas. Look at all the stuff going on in Alberta that I was in charge of oil sands development and everything else in Aboriginal relations. Get that. I was really dabbling in the old cult. In fact, I pick up David Suzuki from the airport. I phoned my uncle and he said, oh, I got a little box of goodies for you. And he dropped off a box at my dad's one weekend. And I actually took the time to read the the massive amount of information, the papers that he printed out, and I couldn't sleep for a year. <laughs> and then a little shortly after that, he gave me a book called The Bilderberg Group by Daniel Estelin. I was writing manuals on sustainability and eco-friendly and running off to the climate cult confabs. You know why I knew the information that my uncle gave me was true? Because I was writing the manuals internally and sitting on all these meetings, listening to all this crap coming out of Agenda 21. And now we call it Agenda 2030, the Great Reset, Build Back Better, Sustainable Development Goals. Yeah, I knew all about them. Being a top-level government advisor for Alberta Environment and also at the Oil and Gas Commission before that. So he definitely woke me up. You know, they say everybody's got a crazy uncle. Well, guess what, folks? A lot of people have said to me he's not so crazy anymore. 
because people are starting to catch on to this stuff. And by the way, I got to give a shout out to Dallin Patterson, Wally's grandson. He posted this meme yesterday and I had to have a pretty good laugh. It is perfect. I thought if we could only add one little thing, let's add, I don't want Bill Gates jab. Gates of hell, you can take your eugenics poisonous jab somewhere else, mister. It's just like Addison said, I'm not taking your Bill Gates vaccine. Who made this guy God? It's a question I have. Listen, as a treat for my uncle, when he listens to this show, I want him to hear a conversation I had. I had a conversation with your favorite <laughs> guy in the death cult, Mike Bernier. And for folks that don't know, he's in our home stomping grounds. Him and Blair Lexton pretty much brought the Agenda 2030 death cult into Dawson Creek. And during the trucker convoy, I asked him if we could get his support, that he could issue a statement that he supports the truckers. Speaking of bird choppers and everything you listen to today, he's the uh, MLA, the Legislative Assembly of B.C., Before he was elected to the legislature in 2013, he was actually the mayor of Dawson Creek. And he was also parliamentary secretary for the environment, for the Ministry of Environment. And he was on the Climate Leadership Council. Oh, big surprise. He claims he has 20 years of experience in the natural gas industry, like prior to all his uh, political shenanigans. But let me just tell you something. Me and him don't get along. I can't speak for Wally because this is a surprise, (laughs) Wally. But I want you to take a listen to a conversation I had with our little pal, Mike Bernier. Everyone say hi to Mike Bernier and tell him uh, Wally and Sheila said hello, Mr. Mike Bernier who, by the way, wasn't raised in the peace country, was raised in Vancouver, the greenest city in the world. Let's take a listen, Wally. This one's for you going out. I hope everyone enjoyed the show. God bless. Well, to be honest with you, it's one of those things. It's not just a truckers rally anymore. If it, if it was, it would be a little easier for most people to, to get on board with in some respect with it. But it's turned into most of the stuff coming to my office now. It's mostly anti-vaxxers or anti-covid it's got nothing to do with the truckers rally i'm sorry did you say it's about anti-vaxxers i'm sorry pardon me what's an anti-vaxxer i'm not following that that seems very like a negative thing it's more like anti-tyranny because i talked to all those truckers along the way it's like nazi germany and no one's gonna tell any of us mike and and i remind you guys work for us and and that's an important point to remember would you say that's fair you work for the people. I am elected to work you, for the people. That's, is absolutely, that's a fact. And so know, there's a lot of truckers, and we're trending across the world, and you guys are pushing. I mean, you guys got the death cult in Dawson pushing this to the brink. I mean, we've, I've never seen anything like that, how bad that is. And nobody's going to tell us what where we can go, what we can do, show me your papers, total police state, total tyranny. It's 1937 Nazi Germany. And you know it is, too, Mike. You know it. And it's disgusting. Uh, You should be ashamed of yourself. Oh, okay. Well, if that's the way this conversation is going, I guess we won't have a conversation. We don't like to hear the truth. Let's politically skirt the issue like you're famous for. Trudeau's done. And a lot of you guys are done, too, if you're going to keep pushing this crap. And that includes all all this bird choppers up there and your little green movement. I mean, come on, Mike. Enough's enough. That area was homesteaded by our family and we're just tired of it and we're just telling you Mike what are you diverting to now which conversation sorry of where yeah that's I like the way you guys do that you've really trained well in how to politically dance around the mulberry bush this is a a, don't don't call them anti-vaxxers but I will quote you 
That's well, good. I never know. said that, but okay, you say yes, what you, you want. Yes, you did, that's Mike. Okay, I'm sorry, you said anti-vaxxers. No, what I said was, I've talked with a lot of the truckers, and some of the truckers are getting discouraged by the way that some no, of the No, they're not. Are, they're, they're very encouraged. Okay, well, that's not... That's not the ones that are contacting me. Do you know how many truckers are in the convoys since we're boots on the ground? Mike, have you seen any footage? Yes, I absolutely have. Okay, and how many truckers would you say there is right now in Ontario? Oh, I'm not counting. I could tell you. There's 270 miles of trucks, and that's not even the Newfoundland ones in the east. And anybody pushing this crap, federal people that are pushing this and don't call people anti-vaxxers it's about anti-tyranny anti-tyranny for the record nobody said anything about anti-vax nobody is going to show their papers at the border certainly not the backbone of our industry if you've got it a trucker brought it mike you know better than that and you should be supporting your truckers and i'd like it officially to know if you support the truckers yes or no well, of course I do. Half my, half my friends are truckers. The whole oil and gas industry is based on half my friends who are truckers up here who own trucking companies. So would, would I, could we count on you for an official statement out of your office that you support this trucker movement? I can't say that I support the movement per se because I don't know exactly what the movement actually is. And by that, what I mean was my original comment was that to even some of the truckers that have gotten a hold of me, what they're saying is that the message around supporting truckers is being washed out Bullshit. and diluted by the whole COVID conversation. And that's what I meant by that. No, that's because no truckers are saying that truck. because you don't know any truckers <laughs> in this convoy. Name me two outfits like Bison, Mike. I've talked to people from BC to Ontario, and guess what? That's a lie coming out of your mouth. No truckers are telling you that. Name me one, and I'll I'll quote them on record. I'm not allowed to tell you who contacts my office, just like I can't tell people that you... Name me an outfit. No, name me an outfit that's saying that it... No, you know what, Mike? It started a revolution. The people in Canada are rising up, and all the hucksters that are pushing this tyranny, the green movement like yourself... You and Blair Lexter okay, pushing all the bird choppers. Come on, Mike. Like, you, who are you talking choppers? to? What are bird choppers? The bird chopping windmills out in the skyline oh in Feller's okay. Heights, please. Okay, Mike, well, you're very, very good at what you do. You're very good at politically skirting. But you answer to the people, your reign of crap is over. So have a nice flight to Victoria. Okay.